for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, last week we established that <clears throat> the first sign he mentioned as fallen the believer was casting out devils, and it was also a sign of walking in the kingdom. <clears throat> and we also established that sin is what allows demons in. Unfortunately, it can get a little tricky because they can come in through the sins of your parents. And then what happens is, <clears throat> like if you'll see, like, oh, that child has that temper just like his dad had. Yes, dad has that same temper. He just has that same anger spirit that he don't know how to control. And it's as hard for someone with... Uh, People with anger and tempers, we feel like they should, if you don't have that spirit, you feel like they should be able to control that, and why are they so blah, blah, blah. It's easy to judge them, but then if you have fear of, say, getting up and speaking on the mic here, it's, and you won't do that, you're bowing under a spirit also. You know, we look at fear like a good thing, and and the people with fear hug around each other, kind of, because they don't want the loud people, and <clears throat> but they think they're okay. Then the loud people see their issues, and everybody sees everybody else's issues without seeing their own. And that's how the enemy is able to run over the top of us. <clears throat> but then what happens is after we get saved, say the kid has that temper, he's 25 years old, he comes to Jesus. The enemy has so taught him in behavior methods that I believe at that point if you truly give your heart to the Lord that's that's definitely the easiest time to get delivered of anything because all sin is forgiven right then uh, a lot of the problem is we get saved young and then go on and commit all kinds of sins which just gives them legal rights <clears throat> but people get saved and then you'll see a lot of them if they're really born again and filled with the Spirit, you'll see like a big change. Like, man, they're different. And then they usually slowly, if they're not getting taught or fed, or they just drift back and you know, see them two years later and they got the same problem they did and so on. But I believe if we taught deliverance when people got saved, it's very easy to get rid of stuff and then when we get saved because those behavior patterns the enemy's right there wanting back in and then as we just do things because that's the way well when someone does me wrong or you cheated me on my money and this is the way I normally act and well you know the enemy's on the outside then just well I'm not going to take that and you just start falling right back into old things and so on and the uh, too much of the church is taught that uh the enemy's not our problem. Oh, that's just your flesh. <laughs> your problem's not your flesh. Okay? When we come to the Lord, <clears throat> the old man is dead. And people say, oh, there's a demon behind every bush. If you really started getting heavy in deliverance and talk to any deliverance ministry, you'll learn that's not true. There's like 10 behind every bush. Be honest. <laughs> um. We don't want to use that as an excuse. Well, that's just a demon I deal with. You need to learn to handle my anger problem because I, you know, I see that side too, which is not good either. 
And I was discussing the other day, it's funny how people are like, don't want to deal with their stuff. Well, that's the way I am, but they'll meet an opposite sex that they like, and then they'll put that down if it's a temper or whatever for like six months while they're dating. <laughs> they can get control of it when they want to, okay? <laughs> they just, if we really want to be right with the Lord, we'll get control and getting it out, then you don't have to deal with it. But generally, it's nice when it just boom and you don't feel it, but it's going to test you. You know, even if you're not feeling it for a while, it usually does. You know, I've seen people deliver for a year, and then it'll come back and try you. Um, <clears throat> the Lord said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may, may devour. If he could not devour you just because you accepted the Lord and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he wouldn't tell us that. He wouldn't tell us to put on the armor of God. He said, and uh, to this, <clears throat> I wouldn't, you can turn to this if you want. I will just read it real quick to 2 Corinthians 2.11. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom you forgave it, for your sakes I forgave it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And like I was sharing last week, unforgiveness is the most common door to having, whether you have anger or lust or diabetes or whatever spirits, I mean, it's all demonic stuff we're dealing with, but... uh you're not going to get rid of none of it, even epilepsy. Well, I've, epilepsy might go with unforgiveness. I've, <clears throat> it's more the, if you know what you're dealing with, that's one of the easier ones to get out of epilepsy, actually. But um, we are ignorant of his devices is the problem. And I read a lot of scriptures last week I'm not going to go over about forgiveness, even the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. If you do not, neither will your Father forgive you. So the enemy is uh, eating us up because we're not aware of, there's rules like Pastor was saying Sunday. There's laws in effect. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of New Testament commandments, New Testament commandments that we just want to ignore. <clears throat> and I read, uh, let's go ahead and read the one scripture. Was it uh, Romans 13.8, I think? Let me see. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love works no ill towards his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So the new covenant is the covenant of love. If we walk in love, we won't do these things, and then <clears throat> that will allow us to get rid of the enemy. 
the other problem is we don't recognize the enemy and uh, you would be shocked if you just hung started getting around any deliverance ministry and they're all so overwhelmed because there's not enough people doing it and there's just I mean I had somebody calling from Lebanon this week it's just it's, it's crazy the amount of people that want help but there's just not many people helping or doing deliverance I should say so uh, when you start doing deliverance you find out there's just a, a lot of stuff that we don't realize we're entertaining Susan will share with you when she went to Henry Wright's just like me I went there to learn and then I seen all the stuff I had I didn't even realize I was operating in and rejection was the worst with me rejection is makes you feel like a round peg in a square hole you feel like you don't fit in when someone corrects you you feel like they're putting you down makes you defend yourself um, we're not covering that one tonight unless we get it we'll see how it goes but <clears throat> we're gonna cover the unloving spirit tonight and as I teach these what I'm teaching is how the spirit affects us and then we'll recognize it how it's working and this thing is always there to attack and uh, I've been helping a guy a lot lately that for six years was telling me <laughs> he didn't have it and now he's like calling me all the time when he's finally humbled himself and uh, so <clears throat> this teaching is for uh, on the unloved spirit anytime something bad happens this thing is there to attack and it feels like it's us because when we anything we're dealing with usually came from our parents some stuff comes in when we're molested you'll run in a lot of times if like if someone's molested by somebody gay and then they grow up gay it's just that spirit and I have cast gay spirit out before and a guy was no longer gay and I didn't even know he was gay the Lord showed me it in there when I was doing deliverance <clears throat> um, we don't want to judge anyone we don't want to judge pedophiles that's a demons okay God loves these people they're probably ate up with guilt because just like you may get urges towards the opposite sex when you're single and do things you regretted you know they don't want to do that but that demon is in there drawing them to do that and uh, and part of the problem is there's a lot of so much sexual immorality in the church which is allowing the enemy to run wild and we just have way more sexual stuff in the world too now but the Lord has made that clear that the sexual amount uh, <coughs> sexual immorality in the church is allowing the sexual immorality in America to go crazy <clears throat> and God is calling the church to uh, get cleaned up and I'm not saying here I'm just saying in general in America because <clears throat> the a pastor may be up there you'll hear him on TV they're just like look like they're got a vengeance with homosexuality yet they're in pornography you know <laughs> it's like you're doing a sin what you like you're not putting your flesh down <laughs> you're entertaining your demon that you think's okay and uh, so <clears throat> this is I'm going to teach on the unloved spirit and this is just to help us recognize how it's functioning and as you start getting free then I started helping other people because then you start recognizing as you learn these the people that you're around you start recognizing what's in them and uh, if you stay in love 
then God will use you. All right, so this is the unloving spirit. God is love. The unloving spirit is anti-love. When God created Adam, he created in, in his image, and Adam was meant to be an expression of God, and God is love. Now, in the garden, we'll go over this, I don't know if I went over it. What happened was, there was disembodied spirits judged, bound to this earth, not allowed to touch Adam. Okay? Adam only had one sin he could do. Don't eat of the tree. It's the only one he had. (laughs) Don't you wish we had that? (laughs) So Adam was fine. And then his wife ate from the tree, which... If he would have stopped there, would have been no problem. Adam was the covering. And Adam was with her. So he let her her talk to this serpent and eat this fruit. So don't act like she just deceived him. Everybody tries to blame the woman. No, he was right there, it says. If you read the next line there. She gave to her husband, who was with her, it says. At that point, when he ate, immediately he had feelings he never had. He was embarrassed of his body, shame. He had fear of God. The Lord would walk with him in the garden. Why would he be afraid of him? Suddenly he had all this fear. And a funny thing is there was a woman that, on a side note, came in to Henry Wright's, and uh, she was on 2020. I think I might have told about her last week, the most allergic person in the world, 14 multiple personalities. And had to live in a foil-lined room, could only eat beets for 11 years, had 16 incurable diseases, and uh, she sat down with him. And it's very common if God gives you the gift of discerning the spirits, that's one of the nine gifts. And he usually gives that to people that do walk in love. Um, Because it'd be very easy to judge people if you start discerning things. And so she sits down with him, and it's very common people that have authority, that are moving in authority, we all actually have it, but, and have the gifts of discerning the spirits, that it works demons up, they'll start talking, and actually one of the times the Lord appeared to Kenneth Hagin, he said, I'm giving you the gift of discerning the spirits, and now when people get around you that are possessed with demons, they will start manifesting because of this gift. Well, Henry Wright has that gift, and this woman sits down with him, with the 14 personalities, and one starts talking and says, uh, you don't have to worry about me. I'm a little guy. I'm not hurting her. I'm helping her. And he says, you're no little guy. This is 77th body you've inhabited since Adam. He said, no, it's not 72nd. <laughs> she goes, can I use the bathroom? They're walking up. She's walking off, and they start talking at her. Would you shut up? Do you know who that is you're talking to? See, they recognize <laughs> She came back, sat down, and he was thinking, man, if I spent 30 minutes on each one of these, I'll be here till tomorrow afternoon. He said, <laughs> he said Holy Spirit dropped down. And he said, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to join your little demon hands and go boogie boogie in the name of Jesus. And they said, we know we have to obey you. And she'd had 20 years of fusion from the psychiatric community. And in that instance, she was totally delivered, never had another personality. And she also got healed that week of all her diseases and allergies and everything. So, when Adam sinned, the unloved spirit come in, and God's love, and I like the way that King James calls it charity, because charity is a giving love. Well, the unloved spirit comes in and, and turns it 
inward to a selfish, self-centered love that we're seeking to be loved. Now when we say I love you, we're actually saying, do you love me? We're saying, I need you. You fulfill me. I can't live without you. You make me complete, showing a desperate need for love instead of being loved. <clears throat> and it's passed on to all people. We prove it when those we love the most offend us or do something wrong and we get offended. Because if we really had God's love, we can't get offended. You know? And when we say, I feel hurt by someone, look for bitterness immediately because it'll be there. Or if you're ministering to somebody else, well, they just really hurt me. There's bitterness there. And he told me someone has that. When the bitterness is gone, that hurt feeling won't be there. We also show it when, uh, say, two people you know that are married and one of them starts cheating on the other one and everybody runs to the one getting cheated on if we really had God's vision of this whole thing we would really be worried about that one that is going to is messing with spending eternity in hell fire you know but because of our own issues we pick up the fence ourselves as how we would feel <laughs> if we were being cheated on and oh you poor thing and then and we don't deliver the person we just actually help that unloving spirit make it feel even worse by petting it. All right. 1 Corinthians 13 shows us how God's love looks. If you want to turn there. First Corinthians 13. We'll start with one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So if you think about that, this guy is so gifted in prophecy, this is the one... All the churches would be going there. He'd fill the big stadiums. He's the most gifted, knows all knowledge, all mysteries. All the talk shows are having this guy on. He's the thing. All about God. And he has faith. He can pray and actually move a mountain. And it don't count for nothing when he stands before the Lord if he don't have love. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, I am nothing. So we could all just get on a boat and go to Iran, underground church. They start catching us, deny Christ. No, I'm not denying Christ. They tie us up, pour gas on us, set us on fire. We stand before the Lord right here. You don't lie. Counts for nothing if we didn't have love. That's pretty serious. Love suffers long. Love is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up. 
does not behave rudely, even if you're rude to me. <laughs> if I'm in love, I can't get, I can't snap back. And it's a walk. I mean, if you're just learning and you have this stuff, then we just need to know and start working on it. <clears throat> does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Boy, that's a big one. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Pretty big. Mark 12.29. The lawyer came and asked the Lord, what is the greatest commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like mainly this, namely this, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. There's none other greater than these. And I do see a lot of people switch these around. They're actually loving people more than God, when God love God first with all our heart. The greatest commandment is about love. That's why Satan's trying so hard to keep us from walking in real love, <clears throat> the God kind of love. The unlimited spirit is a counterfeit that's just the opposite of everything God's love is. We are to love God, love others, and love ourselves. When you pray, are all your prayers about yourself, your situations, your family? Is it hard you care, for you to care about others and how they're doing? Are you upset when you don't get your way? How much time do we spend helping others? And we don't want to make it a works thing. I'm just, we're just trying to recognize. Because l this love is a very sensual, this unloving thing. And it's a very, well, so many people get married out of this thing and it doesn't work out. The unloving spirit will keep us focused on ourselves. <clears throat> He'll keep us in a need for love for the rest of our life if we don't take a strong stance and get rid of it. He will make you not like yourself, which can cause many autoimmune diseases. The unloving spirit carries a torment with him that no other spirit can accomplish. This is the one that commits all suicides come out of the unloving spirit. He can take you to a very deep place of depression and hopelessness, and even suicide. He's there to attack you every time something bad happens. <clears throat> And he will keep you meditating on the bad thing for the rest of your life if you don't get control of it. You've got to get control of your thought life to get rid of him. Can't meditate on past failures and tragedies, tragedies and get free. Understanding that the enemy gives us thoughts that seem like they're our own thoughts. And he's been doing this for 6,000 years. He's very good at what he does. We have all authority over him if we're walking in obedience. And I'll tell you what, you can be in disobedience and cast a demon out of someone else. <laughs> you just can't jump out of you. <laughs> they just got a right to be in you. 
You can take a you can take authority and be in disobedience. <clears throat> you just can't walk in freedom yourself. And you, I told a story. Was everybody here last week or no? No. I told a story like my mom with a trigger finger, and I cast the spirit of bitterness out, and six days later came back and cast it out again, and freed up. Six days later, locked back up, and. Both times I told her she needed to forgive somebody. See, I was using my authority because I have authority over demons. I can drive it out. But it's got open door. I can't make it stay out. Now, I asked the Lord to show her who she needed to forgive. And her thumb had locked back up. I just prayed for God to show her. And her thumb was locked up for two months. And after two months, she had a dream, something my dad did 30 years ago. She never forgave him for it, walked in the room, and she seen him doing it. She punched him, knocked him down in the dream. She's kicking him on the floor, which is funny if you know my mom. <laughs> and uh, she wakes up and says, oh, Lord, I forgive him for that. And her thumb freed up and has been free for 15 years. Didn't even need prayer because the right was broken that was allowing it in there. But I was able to get it out. If you got enough faith... See, our authority works through faith with casting out demons or healing the sick or all the gifts work by faith. That's where a lot of people don't get it. Even a word of knowledge is just to build your faith. Your shoulders are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, this must be God. Your faith goes up, you know? And that's why they usually work. Most single people with the unloving spirit think they just need a spouse and everything will be good. <clears throat> then they get a spouse that has the unloving spirit and they're both trying to get fed because they both have that need to be loved instead of being loved. And I had this bad. These first 15 years, I guess. <laughs> I was praying for a wife. <laughs> uh, but I did pray for somebody to love the Lord, but it was totally... A need. A self-driven personality means that you have made yourself a god over God. It's self-idolatry. The Lord said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He said that three different times. God is a covenant God. As we forgive others and repent of our sins, he forgives us. The gospel is so simple it takes help to misunderstand it. We put all these seminary school theology on and it's just simple. If you don't forgive others, you won't get free. <clears throat> I'm not saying to keep you out of heaven, and I'm not saying I know, because I haven't been there. I know we stand there, and he says, why should I let you in? You, you did this, and you say, well, Jesus died for my sins. And then he might say, but I said, he only forgives your sins if you forgive others. It's a dangerous. I would not want to walk on that type rope thinking maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm okay to get into heaven and have unforgiveness. I just, I'm going to do what the gospel says. <laughs> I think it'll be, um, he's a very loving God, but I think when we stand before him, it'll be a lot more fearful than we think. Even though we'll see the eyes of love, we're going to see everything. And we'll see things we have in us that we don't even know we have. I had a guy once that, uh, was a minister that 
would just, he's a big guy, he's real loud, and, and he had rejection so bad, he would get in rejection with his family. And I, and I just started going to this church, and he wasn't the pastor of the church, he was teaching a ministry in there, he ended up getting a church, but he would just blister his, like, 18-year-old daughter and wife, and and it would just, they wouldn't have done anything wrong. It was so easy to see he was, that rejection thing would just make him think he was, they were saying something against him. And uh, I was just biting my tongue. And I remember I was like going over his house and I'm like, and I had this picture my mom painted of Jesus and he wanted a copy of it. And uh, I was backing out of the driveway. I'm like, I need to just say something tonight, don't I? When he starts up, I need to just, and I just felt like the Lord, because I'm telling you that, <laughs> the enemy make you feel like it's the Lord all the way <laughs> and I'm backing up and I'm like he just needs to you know this is ridiculous I just need to speak up and I'm going to say something here. and I just looked at that picture and it was a supernatural thing he looked at me through that picture and I have seen the Lord once he appeared to me once I mean so I'm not this was a very powerful thing when the picture when he did this because when he looked at me I seen stuff I didn't know was there I seen all my feelings I wanted to say I mean I hit the brakes I just started crying oh Lord forgive me forgive me forgive me I mean it was powerful and I really thought it was the Lord when I was yakking and I got the original that picture in my room and I've prayed a thousand times, Lord, what are you going to do? And I'll look at the picture <laughs> do something. <laughs> Let me see what's going on because <laughs> I don't really know my own heart. <laughs> Would you do that again? He's never done it again. Because <laughs> I really feel like I should. <sighs> God is love. We are made in his image. The unlimited spirit will bring a whole army of spirits to keep it in place. And he works with rejection. Because when someone rejects you, offense comes, you'll feel it in your chest. And then self-pity comes where you just, all that depression and blah, and nobody loves me and blah, and nobody cares and nobody sees what I do and go through and so on. They work together, so that's what the tricky part is because we're teaching on one, but we'll teach on another one next week that goes with us too, probably accusation. It's a very easy one to have operating. He wants you to hook you into believing that the way you feel about yourself is the way you are. God made me this way. That's just the way I am. What a grieving to God's heart. God didn't create us lonely and miserable. That's the enemy. And I had that thing. I was suicidal from first grade. Now, I'm not, I shouldn't say suicide. I wasn't about to do it, but I would go from first grade I would go into my room after school and just imagine killing myself for the rest of the night I just always had that thing and uh, probably came in generationally don't be fooled by self-pity <coughs> the main leg the unloving spirit stands on a self-pity and that's just the name of the spirit I always run into this when I'm praying with people it's like you gotta be very gentle <laughs> like I like I told the guy that's wife left him, that was that spirit. And uh, he come by my shop and crying on for 20 minutes. And then I'm like, and I asked the Lord, do you want me to cast it out? I can't tell me as a self-pity, he'll punch me in the face. And I wouldn't blame him. His wife just left him. And the Lord said, just cast it out. And the uh, 
I'm just like, can I pray for you? Cast it out. And he's like, man, this is unbelievable. Oh my gosh. And da -da -da. he was good for two days. He come back third day. It was back. And I asked him if he wanted to keep it. <laughs> and he marched back and forth for 10 or <laughs> minutes or so. And like, I guess not. And he's self-pity. I'll make you want to feel bad and keep it. And, uh, I cast out again, and he's like, man, why do I let that thing do that to me? And uh, I've cast him out many times when people's loft have had one woman that used to come here seven days after her dad, dad died. She called crying and cast it out, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I don't feel bad. Another lady, I cast thing out of Jason. He was crying in my front yard when I I'd, met, I'd seen him at church. He found out where I lived like a year later, came by, and comes by, he's crying, telling me this long story about girlfriend all this stuff and I was down polishing my mags and on my car and when he got done you know and he's bawling and I, was like, I just looked up and said if you could not feel everything you feel inside right now would you want to not feel all that he's like yeah it's like good I jumped up <laughs> like so pity you get out of him <laughs> he's like Man, he jumps down grabs my polisher falls to my mag for it. he goes what are you doing tomorrow I said I gotta go to the racetrack he's like I'm going with you and he would be at my house at six in the morning and I'd get up about eight waiting for the curtains to open and I'd have to push him out of the house like midnight for like nine months it was really hard and uh, <laughs> had no life to myself and uh, then he was caught on real quick he started feeling things in other people he's on the phone with a lady three weeks after I'm teaching him this stuff and the lady calls someone he uh, knew from AA. He gave her a ride home, actually led her to the Lord. And uh, she calls and says, uh, and they weren't dating or nothing like that. Just, I think she was married, maybe. And uh, she's crying and said, can you just pray for me? My dad died three days before Christmas. And it was three days before Christmas. And so, and he's like, man, I just felt it coming through the phone, you know. And she's talking. So he prayed and then, you just command self pity to go right in the middle of it, and she's like, "Cool beans, wow, I feel good." <laughs> Went from crying to cool beans, you know. And I'm like, "Man, three weeks! I really had high hopes." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I won't say no more on that. <laughs> anyway, that's why the enemy's so hard on him, <laughs> trying to get him from doing, because he's really discerns. Don't be fooled by self-pity. It's a super glue from hell that binds you to your past so that you can't function today. <clears throat> and today is where God is. He always brings the past up constantly. And I'm telling you, when I went there and learned about it, because I had, like I said, I, was, I had a lot of depression. When I went to Henry Wright's first time, because I felt really good when I got saved, but then I had, then I'd feel then I feel good. Then I feel... And then I, when I went to Henry Wright's, they said, uh, I'm going to use you. Uh, they started teaching about it bringing your past up. And I'm like, I just recognized everything they taught. So I uh, came home. And man, the past was starting to come. And it'd feel like this. I feel like your best friend. It'd feel really exhilarating. You've, you know you shouldn't have had to go through all that. You, your dad should have never treated you that way and this person and that. But it was like an exhilarating feeling that demon would give me, like a good feeling to want to entertain it. 
and I'm telling you, it's like it, like it would have been a good thing. But I knew from what I taught, I'm like, this isn't God. No, you go. And I rebuke it. And it's real easy to rebuke when it would feel good. I'm telling you, when you let it get you down, then it's hard to get off. <laughs> if you entertain that thing and get really in the, you probably have to call somebody else and uh, to pray it off you with you. But uh, I just kept doing it, you know. It would come on me one about every week or so. And I'm like, and then I remember it's like two months, and I was like, oh, my God, it's been two months, and I have not had to been depressed one time. And it would come on me all the time. I was like, you know, I'm like, wow. And I knew if I entertained it, I would have been. So I uh, definitely uh, had got rid of that. I was like, this is great, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, what if is never God's question? What if self-pity will, anytime what if is towards the past, is self-pity. What if I'd have married this person instead of that person? What if this hadn't happened? What if I'd have had different parents? Or what if I went and went through this? Or And I recognize what if. I grab a hold of that one. If it's in the future, it's the spirit of fear. What if my kid gets killed in a car? What if I lose my job? What if... Now think about this. Have you ever had a what-if question that was good? Anybody in here has had one? I want you to raise your hand. Did your kid was late from school and you had, oh my God, what if they're giving him an award because he, he had the A honor roll for the first time? Do you ever have a thought like that? Anybody? You won't. Because <laughs> that, what if is the enemy, I'm telling you. God's not going what if in your head. It's always something bad, Okay. It's the past, self-pity. It's the future, it's the enemy. I, I grab that thought because it comes to me. You know, going to work and work on, if I miss tuning a $100,000 motor and burn it up, I'm, that's pretty, you know, you're only making $300 <laughs> to tune this $100,000 motor. So you're like, you don't think what if comes? Oh man, what if I lean it out and burn it up? Like, you know, but I just know immediately when the what if comes. I'm not entertaining that thing. God is what now? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give an expected end. God has never made a mistake. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for everyone in this room that only you can fulfill. You have a purpose in God, and he has a plan for your life. The enemy wants to make us victims. I had a... I'm going to skip the rest of this, I think, because we want to get through the deliverance. It's almost done. Check. We got to recognize him. When I first started learning deliverance, I didn't even know what the demon was. And my nephew's girlfriend left him. He had a, such a demonic thing with this girl. It was crazy. And she was just pretty messed up. And <clears throat> he was like, 
says, I wasn't suicidal, but I wasn't wearing my seatbelt because if I wrecked, I would just wanted to die. And he was just miserable. And I had just started, I just got delivered that speech impediment. I just started recognizing the enemy. Got delivered that lustful thought thing. And uh, this is 2002. And I, he was real depressed. And I said, listen, and I hadn't even learned what spirits were what or anything. I just said, uh, this is going to sound weird, but I had, because I had that death spirit. I don't know if I, I gave a long time ago that testimony. But uh, I got delivered to something crazy. And uh, that's what woke me up to the enemy. Because I was seeing people heal for like 13 years. Never even knew. I knew demons caused epilepsy. I'd ran into that, but that's all I knew. I had no idea that I was dealing with stuff, and we all are. So I was just learning probably the first month I started, got delivered the speech thing. And I told my nephew, I'm like, look, I wasn't used to casting nothing out of nobody, but I'm just like, I know it's going to sound weird, but all that depression, that thing attacking me was a spirit. The speech thing was a spirit. And man, they just do a lot more than we think. And can I just pray for you? And I'm like, everything attacking <laughs> Daniel, come out in the name of Jesus. And then the enemy's telling me like, through the week, I'm like wondering how he's doing. The enemy's making me afraid to ask him, like, he's going to say terrible, you know. And uh, I'm like, how are you doing? He goes, man, I feel the best I've felt in five years. And then about a month later, I was thinking, I probably came back because I started learning by then about, because I was casting them out and getting people delivered, but I was not getting them to repent, so they were coming back. So people are getting healed. Blood pressure's perfect, you know, after 10 years of medication. Then a week or two later, it's back. And then I started learning, hey, it's the repentance is a big part, or you're not going to keep them out, which is what I was talking about in the beginning. So uh, I was like, man, I wonder if it's back. It's like a month later, and I'm like, how are you feeling? He goes, man, I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. And I don't even want her to know how, I know she'll want me back if she knows I'm doing good. <laughs> so I just want her to think I'm not feeling good. Because she had that rejection thing, which want, rejection wants what it can't have. You see, the, like the man chases a woman, and then when he gets with her, then he don't want her. Then if she really don't want him back, then he's like, what did I do? I should have, you know, then he's crying the rest of his life. Rejection wants what it can't have. But uh, I want to go ahead and pray through these. I cut this teaching way down, so I hope I covered it good enough because there's a lot more I could have shared about it, but I wanted to make sure I got through the deliverance part. <clears throat> so we're going to... Uh, First, let's just take a minute, <clears throat> ask the Lord to show us anyone we need to forgive. And usually, that way we can get free. <laughs> and if not, you're liable to manifest, <laughs> just letting you know. <clears throat> so, and we want to forgive out of loving God, not out of fearing looking bad in front of people. I've had that thought plenty of times, too. I just want to say, like, <clears throat> if the church doesn't know about demons, <laughs> how would you, would you be willing to just go up there and do some crazy manifestation if I just set you free of everything? <laughs> like, yeah, but Lord, I do have a lot of pride. Because <laughs> I would feel they'd all think I was a, not knowing we all have stuff. I was a messed up one. But anyway...
All right, Father, I ask you to show us anyone we need to forgive. In Jesus' name. Okay, and the main thing is that you know you have to forgive and you want to forgive. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to repent for these. Did everybody get a sheet? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> these are just the spirits that run with us. I just use Henry Wright's because God's given a lot of insight on demons after working in this 35 years. So. All right, we're going to just pray and ask forgiveness for entertaining these, and we're going to uh, renounce it in our generations. And uh, you shouldn't have to, I mean, and if you've been through classes, you really, once you renounce it, it's covered, but uh, it won't hurt to do it again. So, let's repeat after me, Father God. I take responsibility in my generations for these sins I'm about to name. And I ask forgiveness in my own life for self-bitterness, self-unforgiveness, self-resentment, self-retaliation, self-anger and wrath, self-hatred, self-violence, self-murder, Self-sabotage, self-mutilation, self-annihilation, self-torment, self-consciousness, self-deception, self-doubt, self-unbelief, self-questioning, self-abasement, self-comparison, self-rejection, self-condemnation, selfishness. Self-exaltation, self-pride, self-idolatry, insecurity, anorexia, bulimia, binging, obsessive-compulsive behavior, competition, isolation. Let's just say that one again, just because I know with me, it's a common thing that if you do have something, they'll make you mess up saying it says uh, obsessive compulsive behavior. Loneliness. Lack of confidence. Religious spirit. False piety. Victimization. Double-minded. Attention getting. Excessive talking. Need for approval. Perfectionism. Envy and jealousy, fear, I and I will, rebellion, broken heart, and self-pity, and the unloving spirit. I ask forgiveness and the curse to be broken in Jesus' name. Now I'm just going to command them out, and you just look at me, and this is the way you do it with others. <laughs> And uh, 
And if you start actually trying to help others, and you can actually take these lists, and as you start, if you start gripping what you're seeing and getting free, then usually you start wanting to help other people get free. And what will usually happen is they'll uh, try to convince you they're not there, you know, when you're praying with people. And then with me, what they started doing is then all of a sudden they, I started getting crazy manifestations all the time, <laughs> just trying to scare me, you know, which didn't bother me. We have authority. And uh, actually, if they started talking, I just made them tell me stuff. So I think that's why they quit. I'd be like, all right, what right do you have to not listen to me or mother or <laughs> whatever? And uh, so I'd make them forgive their mother or whatever the you know thing said. And they can lie, though. If you try to work them up, I believe this is James. I could be wrong. It's just personally in what I've seen. And, uh, and there's people who had a lot more experience than me. But because uh, I can make them talk. I used to do that in the beginning before I went to Henry Rice because I read Derek Prince. And uh, you make them talk, they can lie. But I, what I believe is when the anointing makes them talk like they did to Jesus, and he's in us, and someone, the anointing just works it up, they're telling you the truth then. That's a different, a whole different scenario when the anointing's like, get him out, you know? So, uh, I could be wrong, <laughs> but uh, I feel it in my gut when they lie. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I haven't done that in years because they quit doing it, I think, because it was really hurting them They'd start doing crazy stuff, and I would just find out what it was and get them free. And I think they learned, like, because they talked to each other, like, no, don't talk to him. <laughs> You're not going to scare him. He's going to make you tell him stuff you don't want to tell him. And uh, Jesus, uh, Kenneth Hagin, when the Lord appeared to him, he appeared to him eight times. He said, from this point on, you're going to have the gift of discerning of spirits, and this is going to cause him... When people are demon-possessed and they get in your presence, they'll start manifesting. He said, some of the demons you need to, the harder ones to get out, sometimes you have to find out their name or their number to get them out. Now, there is ministries that will get one talking and like say, what are you? Oh, I'm number 19. And then he'll command all the other demons to leave that one alone and make him tell who all the other ones are, get them out, and then get him out. And that guy has a lot of real success and deliverance. And he's, but he's in his 80s now. I don't know how much longer he'll be doing it, but he's been doing it like his whole life. <clears throat> All right, just look at me. We're just going to, nothing you have to do. You may just want to breathe out sometimes. <clears throat> they come out of our breath a lot. Don't have to feel anything. Usually you don't feel anything. Unless there's some unrepented sin, that's when you start getting manifestations. So, self-bitterness, self-unforgiveness, self-resentment, self-retaliation, self-anger and wrath, self-hatred, self-violence, self-murder, and self-sabotage come out of every one of these people now in Jesus' name completely. <clears throat> Just look at me. Self-mutilation, you'll see in deliverance you get more. They listen better when you're looking. Self-mutilation, self-annihilation, self-torment, self-consciousness, self-deception, self-doubt, self-unbelief 
Come out now, in Jesus' name, you come out of every one of these people and do not return in the name of Jesus. You leave the building, stay away from their houses, their children, and don't say where you came from in the name of Jesus. They'll try to send other demons back. <clears throat> Self-questioning, that, that was me. I questioned everything I did. Like, uh, did I do that right? <clears throat> self-questioning, self-abasement, self-comparison, self-rejection, that me too. Self-condemnation, selfishness, self-exaltation, self-pride, self-idolatry, insecurities come out of every one of these people now in Jesus' name. Leave me too in Jesus' name. Anorexia spirits. Spirits causing anorexia, bulimia, obsessive compulsive behavior. You leave every one of these people right now in Jesus' name. Competition, isolation, loneliness, Every spirit causing loneliness, hopelessness, despair. Every one of you, leave every one of these people. I don't care what's happened in their life. Get out now in Jesus' name. Lack of confidence, religious spirits, self-false piety, victimization, double-minded, attention-getting, excessive talking, need for approval, perfectionism, envy and jealousy, fear, I and I will, rebellion, broken heart and self-pity come out of every one of these people now in Jesus' name. You loose them and come out and go to a dry place in Jesus' name. Unloving spirit, you and any underling I didn't name, get your butts out right now in Jesus' name. Do not come back around these people in Jesus' name. And I release peace and joy into everyone in here in Jesus' name. I release peace into you in Jesus' name. I release peace into you in Jesus' name. I just see a peace call. I release peace into you in Jesus' name. Release peace and joy into everyone in here in Jesus' name. Release peace into you in Jesus' name. Father, give us discernment. And I just break the power of all these doubting spirits you leave that are going to come and tell you that wasn't real. That's not the problem. That's the first thing that hits you is doubt. Oh, this ain't real. That ain't real. That ain't what it is. Just the way we are. James has lost it. Da, da, da. And then if you get past that, the next one that hits you is fear. I mean, they, they just, they've been doing this 6,000 years. And if you were a boxer and you were going to box somebody, they got this fight set up and you said, well, how long have they been boxing? 6,000 years, you would be like, oh, I know I'm better than him, but I better study and learn. I, I better not, I better take this serious. He's been, <laughs> he's been messing with the human success. Well, I'm just going to do this and I'm just stomping his head. He, he knows all that. People's been saying and doing that and we're still dying of disease, you know? It's like, be not ignorant of Satan's devices, you know? The Lord said that. He said that but strong meat belongs to them that are able of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And most Christians are afraid of evil, but they're getting eat up by it. Hebrews 3.12. <laughs> Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Never thought of uh, unbelief being evil, did we? <laughs> that's evil to God when we don't believe him. Wow, that's strong. I just... Calling 
had that one outlined, so I had to read it. Second Timothy 2.24. I feel like I'm supposed to read that. I, I was really done, but let me. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose himself, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves from the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So when we minister to people, it says we have to be patient and in meekness and be gentle, instructing those that oppose themselves. If you have arthritis, you're opposing yourself. And if God will give you repentance to acknowledging of the truth, hey, I've got to love myself and love others, then you can get free because <clears throat> you're taken captive by a spirit of bitterness. That's what that scripture means. Um, so that's it. Lord, I ask, bless everyone here. And uh, I pray that you understood because <laughs> it changed your life. You know, I used to wonder how Job, I thought, God, you're off. That's just too much, God. When he lost, they lost their children and he lost children and everything. And then God's like, but then he restored everything and he became all happy again. And I'm like, so I'm thinking, man, I'd be, before I knew about this, I'd be crying the rest of my life. What are you talking about? Happy. How can he be happy? <laughs> you know, and now I understand most of our feelings, the enemy works through feelings and thoughts, and most of our feelings are not our own. And there's been times, you know, I won't hesitate. I got certain people I can call. I won't hesitate if a situation happens or something bad happens. And let's just say my mom died tomorrow. If all of a sudden I felt a real strong depression come, I'd be calling brother, maybe you just and say, hey, self-pity is attacking me. Pray. And I'll tell you, I had something I was going through about 15 years ago, and I was calling, I call people like, oh, you should feel bad. I'm like, no, these feelings aren't us. Uh, God didn't create you to feel like that. And then their prayers wouldn't work, and then I call, I end up having to call my brother all the time, because he would rebuke it and be gone. And then I call the other guy back, hey, it's rebuked and it's gone. See, five minutes later and I feel good. Uh, if I call you, tell it to go. Don't tell me I should feel bad. <laughs> it's hard to get people to understand. It's because the enemy has this believing. So that's it. God bless you all. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.